Big Fluff. There. It's the comet you see in the sky right now. Passes over the Earth every six years and causes a portal right here. But when it's open, we get a visitor from a distant galaxy. I mean, he actually comes here from a place millions of light years away looking for a fight with you, the chosen jujitsu. And if he doesn't get it, he stays and he kills everything. He taught our ancestors how to fight him. Then you took an oath. And that's how he did it. That's how he gave you jujitsu. Yeah, I could eat. Hey everybody, I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we find their silver linings. And happy birthday to me, it's September. So that means we're doing Nick Cage flicks, baby. Yeah, we are. Our third year in a row looking at the works of Nick Cage and somehow, some way, there are still at least four maligned Nick Cage movies for us to talk about. I just, it's going to be next year that we run out, I'm this pretty is, sure. And then we're going to finish. We're almost, almost certainly. We're almost out. I, I think he almost only did. I think we've almost watched every movie that he's done. He hasn't done that many movies, I don't think. No, I think, I think this is the ninth Nick Cage movie we've watched, and I think that's it. He did, he did, he did 12 movies. Yeah, and if you're 12 new... 12 bad to, ones, and like six good ones. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you're new to Nick Cage month on Silver Linings Playback, and you don't know how things work around here... Uh, we have a general philosophy for how we approach these films, which is to say, we motorboat the son of a bitch. Yeah. And that's what we do. We motorboat the son of a bitch. Um, and if, <clears throat> if you want to know why I played that, you have to go back and listen to previous. Yeah, go back through the archives. Um, <laughs> it's worth it because that's it's the Nick Cage months are some of the best months that we do here. They are, it's, it's our birthday present to you, Andy. We, I we, know, and yeah. it's nothing I like more than watching Nick Cage movies and talking about it. And this, we're starting off Nick Cage month uh, with a movie called Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, it is. It is Jiu-Jitsu. called Jiu-Jitsu. That's the title. And it's totally accurate. You know what hit me? I think I just figured this out and was kind of listening to that opening clip. I think this movie uses the word Jiu-Jitsu like Smurf. Or like, you know, one of those, like, yeah, like jujitsu is, they don't know what it means. And it's just a word that means everything. It's just because, a placeholder word. Because I caught the, did you catch it in, the, in that clip where Nick Cage is like ex- explaining, I put explaining in quotes, uh, like what's happening in the movie. But he's like, uh, you know, the alien came and he taught you all jujitsu and you, the jujitsu will fight him with jujitsu. And it's like, you're just. It's saying. smurf. It's snarf. It's. Yeah. Uh, it's all of them. Yeah. So I, this movie has no idea what the words jujitsu means. None. Yeah. And it's real bad. It's, it's a real not bad movie. Good. I think we should set up something at the beginning because I think that this uh, will help clarify. And our audience, I think recently you talked about the the watch alongs. You know, we have people that watch all the movies that we watch. And yes. Uh, so if you're a longtime listener and you've you've this is not your first. Uh, Nick Cage rodeo, then you kind of know how the Nick Cage month works. And we've talked a lot about 
Uh, and to, to be clear, to restate, we're both fans of Nick Cage. That's why we Huge do it. We're really, fans of Nick Cage. Love we, Nick Cage. We really love Nick Cage. But you and I have watched, and our listeners have watched, a lot of really terrible Nick Cage movies. And this one stands out, and I, I think I know why. And that's because this was actually designed to be a Bruce Willis movie. Yep. And I also, you know, love Bruce Willis. He's a great actor. And obviously, was very sad to hear about the health issues that he's had. Uh, but the Bruce Willis style of movies that he did in more recent years was this, where it's like he was paid a good salary to show up for a few days and have what's pretty much a cameo in the movie. But he's have the a top. minor role and, and receive near top billing. Yes, that's kind of that's the, the Bruce Willis <laughs> approach to these types of films and Nick Cage really doesn't do that. Like Nick Cage, when he signs on to a bad movie, he's usually he there. Yeah. He's there every day on set. He's committed to making every scene. So this is kind of strange to watch him in this movie because it doesn't feel like a bad Nick Cage movie because it feels he's like barely a bad in movie it. that he shows up in. Yeah. He has he's like four he's, big scenes. Yeah. I think they use him probably as well as they could have, considering the constraints. I think he filmed for five days or something. I, I think I saw three days of the five week shoot, and man, did they get a lot of setups in those three days to use Nick Cage to his, his utmost, including fight choreography. They yeah, they yeah. really used him for those three days. So, and I think he was that's what it is. He was three days, and he was paid five million dollars. Yeah, and. That's a pretty good hourly rate, folks. That's the silver lining right there for Nick Cage. Uh, oh, yeah, he won. He got paid. He won. <laughs> Think whatever yeah. you want about this movie. He made more per day than most of us will make any In a career. Soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so to set this movie up and at, <clears throat> the exposition dump we used for the intro sequence does a decent job of it. <clears throat> but basically, there's this alien named Brax. And, um, <laughs> what, what was and the alien's name? I'm sorry. I missed it. Brax. Thank you. Yeah. An alien named Brax, uh, who comes to earth once every six years through this portal, uh, and then, uh, fights people. Portal and a comet. Yeah. The comet opens the portal and then he yeah. comes through, uh, and it's sort of like that time tunnel that he comes through and then he looks around for people to fight. And if he gets a fight, he leaves. If he doesn't get a fight, he kills everybody. Yeah. So basically, he's every drunk guy that used to come into the bar that I worked as a bouncer at. Like, yeah. he's he's going to strut around and be a dick he's me and, in college. Yeah. Until someone picks a fight with him like that's Yeah, that's yeah. his move. And if nobody picks a fight with him, he's picking a fight with everybody. Yeah. He's there to fight. Yeah. yeah. So clearly that's why this guy was kicked off of his home planet. They're like, get out of here, asshole. Go to yeah. Earth and fight. Just go people. to Earth and fight somebody. <laughs> uh, he's fit Finley. He's Finley and yeah. he likes to fight. Yeah, he's Russell Crowe from that South Park. <laughs> yeah, fighting around the world. Uh, well, it also, if like, just to be clear, it's funny because we recently did a Mockbusters month. And this oh, is essentially... Man. This has big Mockbuster energy. Yeah, it's just if you're trying to get a... If you didn't watch the movie and you're trying to picture it, this is a Mockbuster for the, the film Predator, pretty much. It's and a, the film Mortal Kombat. It, yeah, it's basically Predator meets Mortal Kombat, where... And G.I. Joe, maybe? Yeah, I feel like there's some other stuff thrown in, but definitely the two biggest influences are Predator, which is the 
uh, alien creature who comes here with the, the intent of, of hunting and fighting people. And they even, for good measure, give this creature Drax. They give him uh, invisibility and the Predator vision just yes. to really hammer in that they ripped off Predator. They don't want you to yeah. miss it. Right. They just want to make it real clear that they got a lot of inspiration from Predator. But then the Mortal Kombat comes in because uh, the group of people who fight him are just all Mortal Kombat characters. Pretty much, yeah. They yeah. have their signature weapons. They have their signature ethnic stereotype. And they are part of a small cabal that makes sure to fight him so that the Earth remains safe. Which I think makes Nick Cage Raiden. He's he's a little bit Raiden. He's a little bit Shang Tsung. He's a little bit Kung Lao. Yeah. You know, he's probably the closest to like Christopher Lambert, Mortal Kombat 1 Raiden. Yes. Yeah. That's the vibe. Yeah. 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 Not the more recent. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. And that's essentially the movie. Uh, oh, well, hold on. Hold on. Let's also not forget the fact that for good measure, there's an amnesia plot because. Yes. You gotta have an amnesia plot. It added a lot to the film. And it's also a little bit Ang Lee's Hulk. Because there are these weird comic panel edits. Oh, yeah, yeah, That happen yeah. throughout the movie. Yes. Because the director of the movie, uh, Dimitri... Uh, I forget his last name. Pastakos, I think it's something like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I should get it right. I should give credit where credit's due. But he essentially... Uh, he wrote a comic book and then adapted the comic book he wrote into a movie. Yeah, which even for the comic book, he might have like I. I think whoever owns the rights to Predator, uh, who are also the same people who own the rights to Alien, because that's how we got Alien versus Predator. But they might want to explore, uh, yeah. you know, like explore litigation. Uh, I was way off. It's Dimitri Logothetis. Okay, but there's a character, the closest thing to a romantic interest for part of it, until it's not her anymore. Uh, Marie Avgaropoulos is the name I think I was getting in my head. Okay, fair enough. Um. Yeah, also features John D. Hickman as Hickman. Well, and we haven't mentioned the most, the clearest indication that this was meant for a Bruce Willis film, which is that Frank Grillo is in it. That's yes. how you know that this was offered to Bruce Willis. Uh, I, I haven't decided if I really love Frank Grillo or I really don't love Frank Grillo. I'm not sure which it is. I really enjoy him in the Marvel films. I will say that. And I really like him in uh, the MMA movie Warrior as the mm. MMA coach. Yeah, he's uh, you know what? I I think I, I like him. I, I was going to say, I do. I, I'm going to weigh in that I like Frank Grillo. Yeah, I think I do. Yeah. Like <laughs> he simultaneously over and under acts and I'm not sure how he does it and I love him for it. Well, that's the thing is that. I think he always plays characters that are overly full of bravado. So it doesn't even to me seem like overacting as much as I think he plays overconfident characters and everything. Yeah, it might be. And I kind no, of, I th yeah, yeah, I enjoy it. But I, th I think I come down as a Frank Grillo fan. Yeah, no, I, I'm willing to go on record. I'm a Grillo yeah. fan. Put it down. I'm, I'm, I'm a griller. Yeah. We're, we're Andy and I are a couple of hibachis. We're, yeah, we're, we're on the we're grill gr crew. We're Grillo pads. There it is. We're Grillo pads. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So he, yeah, he's in it. Um, also, all of these people die. Spoilers, I guess. But yeah, you're never a lot of people die in this movie, including Nick Cage, which I was trying to think. I don't feel like I've seen Nick Cage die in a lot of movies. Certainly. No, he makes, 
He makes it out quite a bit. Certainly leaving I mean, Las Vegas, which weirdly he dies in the exact same way in this film that he does in yeah, leaving Las identical, Vegas. Identical, which is yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah. In both films, um, he's impaled. Yeah. And then has his throat slit. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Um, if you don't remember, go back and watch leaving Las Vegas. Yeah. By Elizabeth Shue both times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, he stiffs her or, in leaving Las Vegas. So she's really yeah. angry. It's with her stiletto. Um, that's what's crazy. It's wild. It's a wild yeah. scene. Uh, Eddie Steeples, who you might recognize from My Name is Earl, one of the few characters that makes it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with Juju, Chan- Juju Chanzato, uh, who plays the other kind of love interest for this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie also features Tony Jaa, who is an icon of martial arts cinema. Well... I think we can circle back around because certainly when we pivot, uh, I I thought the the martial arts stuff was solid, like the yeah, actual. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll come around to that for yeah. sure. I, I with a glaring exception, and I will talk about that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's in the malign part, but yeah. So, um, this movie starts uh in Meta East Race with uh our lead character Jake, played by Alan Moosey. Uh, running away from the the not predator at all, mm-hmm. uh, who's also a little bit many faces from uh, He Man. Also, a little bit like the thing that, uh, and I'm sorry, nerds, that I can't remember the name. I also am a nerd, but I can't remember the name. The whatever it is that Thor fights in that first Hemsworth, oh, the uh, Destroyer. It looks a little bit like the Destroyer, the face. And a little bit to go in even deeper cut uh, of the obscure 1980s cartoon and toy line Visionaries. Mm-hmm. If you remember the Visionaries, they had these like little hologram faces and hologram chests. Kind of has a little bit of that going on. I did see in the IMDb trivia, and I want to just believe this is true, that apparently uh, Nick Cage sketched the face on like a cocktail napkin or something. Of, it has to be true. Yeah. And that that's what they be. that they used the Nick Cage sketch for what the face looks like. Oh, and there's a little bit of T one thousand because he has like he heals kind of like T one thousand would regenerate. Yeah, which look, while we're maligning That is to things, say the monster is not derivative at all. While we're maligning things, I first of all, I legit it made me laugh that they had to replay the sound, you know, which is a classic move of like guys fighting the villain and he figures out the way to beat it but that what's repeated that he had heard earlier was that it takes six seconds to heal or whatever and i just the way that they defeat it is that everybody attacks it all at once and while it's healing they just throw a grenade at it which nobody thought of that before (laughs) but then after they blow it up and he goes back in the portal eddie steeple says see in six years so yeah, maybe they but, did. But in fairness, Eddie Siebel doesn't seem like he knows what's going on. Uh, also true. For most of the movie. There's, yeah. And he ends the movie by drinking poison. Yeah. He also, like, I, did you get the, I thought he was going to look into the camera when he said, see you in six years. Like, he had I'm a amazed vibe. he didn't. Wink. He had a vibe. He was, like, his eyeline was just off camera, but... At that point in the movie, he's like holding this yeah bottle of, I guess, actual poison that he's drinking and he looks at the portal, but then it's the close up of him. I really thought he was just going to look right at us and say, see you in six years. And I would have been fine with it. It wouldn't have felt out of place. In fact, I think it would have felt more in place than what we saw. Yeah. Uh, 
but uh, to again rehash the plot, uh, Jake is a jujitsu that forgot that he was a jujitsu. So he gets found by some military people who are not jujitsus. Uh, but then he's also being chased by the jujitsus <laughs> who try to find him because he's the jujitsu that needs to beat the uh, alien who taught them jujitsu. He's the most jujitsu of the jujitsus. He is the jujitsuist. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He is the most jujitsu. Because he knows the most jujitsu. He's right. the jujitsu most versed in jujitsu of all the jujitsus who know jujitsu. He jujitsu, 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 <laughs> jujitsu. Yes. Um, and yeah, and then so he goes, uh, and so he's with these this, I guess, military operation that maybe is also trying to jujitsu. Well, That's yeah, sort because of unclear. The, the locals in uh, Myanmar, uh, formerly Burma, you know, yeah. like they, they filmed in Cyprus, filmed in Cyprus, but they they find him injured and they sew him up and then drop him off with American soldiers that are hanging out. Right. But then Steven Yoon, who's one of the American soldiers, again, another like solid martial arts action film star from Hawaii Five-0 and, and uh Stuff like that um, implies that they're also trying to jujitsu the jujitsu. Yeah, I guess. I, yeah, kind of maybe. And I think he's the one that says that you it, it takes six seconds for the jujitsu to not ju be able to jujitsu. Although that might also be Nick Cage. I don't remember who says what about or what. It might have been Tony Jaw. It could have been anyone when you really think about it. It, 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 it could have been Fred Hickman. Who knows? It takes this um, film a while to find its footing. And it also takes a while for Nick Cage to show up. Yeah, it takes more than 40 minutes, which I was not OK with. Yeah. And there's a lot of it's just wasted time with a guy who has amnesia wandering around and people at the military base trying to press him for information he doesn't have. And then the other jujitsu is trying to find him. Yeah. Um, and then so eventually they they fight the jujitsu with jujitsu and uh, they kick him into the portal or they jujitsu him into the portal, I should say. And he explodes and that's and then uh, Ed Steeples or Fred Steeples gives the line to the end of the movie and credits roll. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good description, except you forgot the shocking twist. And we have to talk about the shocking twist. Of course. Yeah. Which is. Uh, right as he's dying, Nick Cage, completely out of nowhere, looks at Jake, our protagonist, and tells him that he's his father. And right. <laughs> and yeah. then, apropos of not a goddamn thing, there is not a single breadcrumb or indication. I mean, there's some weird, vague line Nick Cage has at first where he says something about you're like me or you look like me or something, but that's about it. There's no clear. Uh, thing and then what really made me laugh was not just the the reveal, which did make me laugh because it felt like it. If you told I'm me, the spy, yes. If you, but also if you told me Nick Cage improvised that line on set and then everybody clapped because they thought it was brilliant, I would believe you that it was just not. I in don't want to know that it didn't happen that way. But then what I love is we are then treated to a flashback that is not Nick Cage that is supposed to be his dad <laughs> like with him teaching him jujitsu uh when he was a kid but it is just a different actor who they're really he said it on his last day 
Yeah. And so Nick Cage was he was already wrapped, so they couldn't bring him back for another day to film. He that said scene. it while his car was warming up. Like he He had hit the remote starter of his car. <laughs> yeah, because he wanted it to be the perfect temperature inside. And his suitcase full of money that he was taking to Tahiti was in the passenger seat. And he just was like, Oh, by the way, I'm your dad. And then they were like, What was that, Nick? And then he was already out. <laughs> And then when they did the playback, they're like, that's good. Do you think that's we could good. get Nick back to film one more scene with him as a kid? And everyone went, no. <laughs> no, we cannot. <laughs> there is zero. He the, actually. The, the producer's like, that's no. It's a hard no. <laughs> he destroyed all of our phones and <laughs> called up our uh, ISPs to make sure that our contacts were deleted forever. <laughs> yeah. Or alternate take. Nick Cage has been dead for 30 years. <laughs> I, I think the real t- I think the real take was that they were like, Nick, can you leave your phone number in case we need to call you back for reshoots? And when he handed them the paper, it was actually a cocktail napkin with the drawing of the face of the <laughs> the Grax. And they were like, yeah. oh, OK. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And so. We'll talk about the, the martial arts, but one scene that like just aggravated me apropos of absolutely nothing they just do this first person sequence yeah so dumb and it's mostly first person so it kind of creates this video game vibe sure whatever feels like playing slappers only in 007 um but except for like there's a couple of shots where then the camera stays stationary and he goes out and like does a couple of wrestling throws to people and then it comes back and goes first person again yeah. And it's it never happens again in the movie and it's so dumb and I hated it all and it was bad. Well, that reminded me of the film Doom, which is definitely a future episode. Oh, for sure. Of this podcast Doom, uh a movie that I will admit I walked out of when uh I watched it in the theater, mostly also because the person in the same row as me and this was pre-covid, way pre-covid, but there was a person that was just coughing the whole time during the movie and i hated the movie and i did just get up and walk out so fair but i do remember they also did that first person thing in doom uh which is not a good movie which makes more sense at least in that regard because doom is famously a first person shooter video game yes yeah but uh yeah i i agree that that didn't work i think that it's interesting. You said the director's name and I don't have it in front of me. I don't know if you have Demetri it. Demetri Lagathetis. Yeah, but I feel like it was a real mixed bag of the way this film was shot because I definitely agree with you. The first person thing didn't work. I also, it was funny. Early on, I actually had a thought where I was like, you know what? I really like the way the fight sequences are shot. Like it's, you know, it's well choreographed. People do martial arts like there's some cool fight stuff in this and I really enjoyed it. And then somewhere in the middle of the film, I don't know what happened, but he got weirdly more experimental and he started doing this thing where he spun the camera 360 degrees during fight scenes. And I don't know why that started happening, but I did not like it. No, there was like a lot of fight scenes that were like very much pre-born movies where there wasn't a ton of shaky cam. So it was great. Yeah. And then there was a bunch like the first person sequence, which kind of makes sense that that's shaky cam because your point of view is changing and all that. And then there's like the weird 360 degree stuff. Um, Yeah. Like pick a lane, man. 
Yeah. And I wonder, too, if some of that was maybe there were limitations with the guy in the suit or something or certain people if they thought the fight stuff didn't look as good. But it kind of felt like maybe when they really trusted the people doing the fight scenes that they really let you see what was happening. And then other times the the editing got noticeably worse and more stylized and harder to follow. Yeah. And I wonder if that was... Again, either the director getting bored or trying to cover up stuff that maybe didn't work as well or something. But it was just weird because it's like I thought it started and ended with really good action scenes. And then in the middle, there's some very weird, muddy action sequences well, that and especially because most of the speaking parts, uh, with the exception of like some of the known names like Frank Grillo, Nick Cage, etc., are people that also have a lot of stunt credits. Right. Where they're just stunt performers. Um, including our lead, Alan Moosey. Um, you know, he did a lot of stunt work. He's also done a lot of actual, you know, ca- on-camera acting. And, you know, why not just have all the stunt performers except for a few key bits? I feel like so most that- movies should do that. You know, I mean, 90% of the characters in John Wick should just be stunt people. Like, there's no reason if you're making these kind of movies, like... It doesn't. It's I. I'd say it's easier for a stunt person to say to deliver a couple of key lines of dialogue. Yeah, than it is to get a, a an actor who doesn't have like stunt training to do the types of. Scene. We also just don't value stunt work as much as we should. Yeah, I think it's. I really appreciate that SAG gives awards to the best stunt teams, and there's no reason that the Academy shouldn't be giving that award out too. Right. Well, and it's one of those things where it feels like at least every few years, the Academy decides they need to do something to appeal to the average viewer. You know, we and it's like the the most recent one was like where they did the online voting and then the Speed Force one best movie ever made in the history of cinema or whatever. Right. But like if you really want to give more awards to more populist things, Giving out awards for stunts would inherently reward big popcorn action films. Right. So, like, and it's deserved. Stunt people should win Academy Awards for their they work. work. Effing hard, right? And and, and if, put yeah. themselves through incredible risk and incredible training. Yeah, and so if you gave those stunt performers Academy Awards, you'd be giving awards to films like John Wick and Fast and the Furious and stuff like that, and. Giving people who deserve those awards awards. So that's the kind of win win that I don't understand why it's not happening. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Are we ready to to change gears? Is there anything else you want to malign? No, I'm good. Yeah, let's let's um, I I think we're kind of segue into it. There are some fight scenes in this movie that are badass. Even like Nick Cage's last fight, which I mean, he clearly was a stunt performer for most of it, but his his death fight with Brax um, is really good. And it totally rips off uh, Nightfall with him breaking his back. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, uh, Grax did go full Bane and snap his back over his knee, which I appreciated. It's weird that he said, I am Burma's reckoning right after that. But Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I think I thought it worked. Oh no, I thought it, it totally worked. And then he slits his throat after he broke his back, just to like sprinkle a little, little something extra on top. Like that was, it was cool. It was badass. And there's a lot of badass in this movie. 
Yeah. I thought it was weird when he was like, No one cared who I was till I came through a comet every six years to fight a group of jujitsu. Like, I thought That's that true. was a weird force that line. Was, that was bizarre. Yeah, I did. And it was I, the only line that Brax had in the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't even think you talk. I mean, I understand why your voice would be that muffled. It doesn't seem like you have a mouth, but... Right, except for occasionally when your face appears in your blue faceplate. Yeah. Yep. Um. But yeah, like, uh, all the people having, like, their signature gimmick, like, there was the nightstick guy... And there was, uh, you know, the girl, because that's a gimmick in fighting games. Oh, man. No, these characters were straight up like if you're going for Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter or something like that, they were as developed as any of those characters ever were in those games, for sure. Yeah. And it was I was fine with it. It was cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And, you know. Like, it was just there's just a lot of cool fights. I, I did think like. There was a, it was incredibly derivative and incredibly cheesy, but like Brax looked decent, you know, for the most part, like it looked yeah. like the CGI wasn't as I think maybe it's because we're watching this in such close proximity to Transmorphers and <laughs> well, War of the I, Worlds and such, but I think it's a worth, lot of it looked decent. It's worth pointing out that like, while this film in no, by Hollywood standards, this was a small budget film, but by small budget film standards, this movie had some money. I think the budget was 25 million, which 5 million of that went to Nick Cage, to Nick Cage. But, but 20 million going into the rest of the movie, when you compare that to like an asylum film <laughs> or something that was like made that. For- 50 bucks yeah like you can see that there more money went into this uh than some of the other stuff and yeah it was kind of mixed i thought there was some good cgi i i agree that i think most of the money for special effects went to grax looking good which is the right yeah. move um it wasn't particularly great cgi but i just like liked the aesthetic of it of brax coming through the portal where he'd like kind of like like almost strobe light transition to like each different ring of the portal and like kind of appear. Like, I just thought that looked neat. Yeah. Um, I, it was just kind of, it, it, it created a sense that this is a badass thing. And like, it just, it, it wasn't done as well as it probably could have been. I'm sure that, you know, you put another few million dollars into making it look even better. It's going to be that much cooler, but just like the, him running through that ring, like it, it was, I, I just thought that made me smile. I thought it was a neat thing and it was good. Yeah. Yep. So there's that's that was a silver lining for me. And and Nick Cage just is so so weird yeah. in this movie. No, I I really enjoyed Nick Cage. I always really enjoy Nick Cage. I think that there was value added to every scene that he was in. I think that there probably isn't a single frame of Nick Cage that wasn't put on screen. And I applaud them for that. The fact that they shot for three days and got more usable footage than you would imagine in those three days. I'm going to guess that he probably only one took everything and crushed it on each first take. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like the Nick Cage that I know for sure. You know, uh, like he, but like he had weight and gravitas to what he was saying you know, he was just bizarre in a very, and I mean that very positively. And, you know, just, uh, I think the lesson that we can take away is that if you've got $5 million kicking around, you can get Nick Cage to do a pretty good thing. Which leads us to our Kickstarter. 
<laughs> we are trying to Asset. raise five, $5 million, million and ten dollars. <laughs> and we're gonna make a movie starring Nick Cage. Yeah, and you and I and <laughs> And it's gonna be it's gonna be a short film, it's gonna win an Oscar. Yeah, the five million, five million goes million and right ten to, Yeah, the five million goes to Nick Cage and the ten dollars is for snacks for you and I. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're each gonna get uh, a foot long. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And then uh Oh shoot, we should probably you know, five hundred and fifteen, because Nick Cage probably is gonna want a foot long too. Yeah, that would be rude. Yeah, we don't want to be we just had a delicious foot long uh, artificial sub and Nick Cage didn't get any. Uh, he would get mad and then probably not want to do it. Yeah. Now some might say that he could use that any of that five million to get as many foot longs as he wanted, but you know what? We're we're gonna take care of Nick Cage. Look, that's for after the shoot. If he wants right. to get footlongs on it's day during four, the shoot. day four footlongs he has to pay for. But in those three days that he is contractually <laughs> obligated to, he gets one footlong sub. Oh, wait, is it per day? Because we're going to re- need to raise more money. Okay, we got to rework this Kickstarter. I think. All right, hold on. So five million plus fifteen, one... forty-five, because 45. it's fifteen 5 a day. 45. Three subs, a sub a day. Yeah, we, we each are eating one footlong sub a day. For three well, no, days. Not, breakfast, breakfast and dinner, he's on his own. Well, we're gonna provide lunch. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying each of us, that's that's our meal every day. It's one one foot long sub. Mm-hmm. And we'll have we'll uh have tap water. Yeah. Maybe we could look into is forty five dollars enough to just get a party sub? Maybe we could just get one party Ooh, sub. That might be a night. Or we could get like a, a couple of pizzas and then just have leftover pizza the other days. I if we can get pizza, I'd rather get pizza. I would rather get pizza. Let's get $45 worth of Little Caesars. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Which I think is 45 Little Caesars pizzas. I think it's 45 Little Caesars franchises. <laughs> uh, so perfect. So we worked it out. Yeah. And so oh. then we're going to make a movie um, and it's going to be script to be, be determined. <laughs> oh, no, it's already written. Yeah. All I know <laughs> for sure is that there is a scene where Nick Cage tells us both that he's our father. And both of our actual fathers are in that scene, and we see a tear roll down their cheek. <laughs> yeah. Because we just cheer, yay! Yeah. And run yeah, and we, give them a big hug. Yeah, we both cheer, and then we cut back to a flashback where a different actor that's not Nick Cage is uh, seducing our mothers. Yeah, maybe it's Frank Grillo. Who knows? Yeah. yeah, Frank Grillo, if you're listening and you're willing to work for... Uh, Pro bono. Well, you can have some of the Little Caesars. Yeah, you can have a couple... Sli- if you're willing to work for a couple of slices of pizza. You can- and listen, if we have enough leftover, we'll spring for Pepsi. Yeah, uh, and you can be uh, the young Nick Cage who seduces our moms. Yeah. Both of them together at the same bar. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be graphic. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, and so it's, it's uh, like I said, the script is ready to go. Yeah. Um, Once Oscar we get short- $5 million, we're ready to film. <laughs> Five million and forty five dollars. Yeah, yeah. And once someone tells us how to get in contact with Nick Cage. I figure once you have if you have five million dollars, I feel like the Nick Cage phone number gets put in with that. <laughs> they give you a choice of what you want to use the five million dollars for. Do you want to cast Nick Cage in a movie? Do you want to invest? Do you want to buy real estate? No, those last two sound terrible. Yeah, they sound stupid. When I could put Nick Cage in a movie for five million dollars. That does raise a question. Why don't more lottery winners just make weird vanity films with their money where they hire? Because they're idiots. Yeah, right. Here's my promise to you. If I ever win the lottery, I will make so many low budget films starring Nick Cage. Dumb vanity projects starring Nick Cage. (laughs) Um, Uh, 
We should make like a great. series. Like we should just if we won the lottery, we should just straight up like do like a Harry Potter franchise of just like six films that we're signing Nick Cage to each. And we're going to film them all at the same time. Simultaneously. <laughs> yes, it'll be it'll be more like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. But we're like, we, you know, we get him for it's three days for each movie, but we're going to film all like five movies. Right. We're going to film it over the course of two weeks. Yeah. And then any of the other, if we have to go beyond to shoot other scenes that he's not in, we'll t- take care. We'll shoot. Deal but with we're going to get comes. all the Nick Cage content. Back to back to back to back. Yeah. To back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, man. Well, here's the thing. I think if we're being smart about this, and I like to think that you and I are pretty smart guys. Definitely. Uh, I think so. Is that we make the first movie after our lottery winnings, mm-hmm. and then the profits from that movie will let us pay the future movies to do more Nick Cage. Yeah, I mean... The movie's going to be a success. It's definitely going to be a success. It's Nick Cage, and he has a sword, and... He, even if it's just, like, a family drama, he still has a sword. Oh, yeah. No, to be clear, he is a... Uh, <laughs> he's a risk analyst. In the film. Yeah. Like, he may fight some animatronic robots if we can get him. Who knows? Sky's yeah. the limit. But yeah, but he's a risk analyst. But every once in a while, there's like a fight scene where he says stuff like, I've analyzed the risk to you. And then he like, there's no kill- risk for me. Slice. Yeah. And then he kills the guy with a sword. Yeah. I mean, I, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but if we could get Kelsey Grammer to pop in. Oh, my God. And Jenna Malone. Oh, dude, man, how much money are we going to make off of this film? All of it. Yeah. All of the monies. So, yeah, so we're going to so, do a Cage movie. So, Kelsey Grammer, Kelsey, Grammer. Kelsey Grammer kidnaps Jenna Malone, and then Nick Cage has to save her with his sword, right? Yeah, after finding out that he... And we're his, his like, sidekicks. Yeah, we just hang out with him. <laughs> we just, like, hang out. We're just, like, eating chips in the back. We don't help him in any way, but we just hang out with him. But he lets us hang out with him because we amuse him. Right. He finds us. He finds our, our, our hijinks uh, entertaining. Yeah. And what we're at, here's the real secret. I'm going to let you all in on this secret. It's, it's not... The, the movie itself is going to be great. And don't you worry. It's yes. going to be great. But what's really going to be amazing is the Heart of Darkness documentary about the making of the film. That's going to be we're going to so we're going to win best short film and best documentary. Yeah. Feature. Yeah. Our documentary feature is going to be full feature length to, about a short film. Because you and I will uh, go insane while making oh. it. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to go nuts. Uh, it's going to be a complete breakdown of our friendship that will yeah. eventually reconcile. But when, but then that documentary is going to. Yeah, it's going to be really great. Yeah, and we got Spike Lee to do it, so <laughs> which I couldn't believe, but he was really into it. You you offered that guy some Knicks tickets, and yeah, he's done. And it was weird because he has season tickets, but like we like you know Joel lives in L.A. He's like we can get you to get you to see a game at the Forum uh, or Staples Center or whatever it's called now. I think it's well, it was the Crypto dot com Arena, but I haven't checked that in a minute since uh, yeah, you so know, it the might bottom be dropped else. out. It might, it might be the the. Uh... <laughs> The Halloween store, like the Spirit, Spirit Halloween, Halloween Arena. arena. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I'm sure I could get some Wizards tickets uh, for him to go see a Wizards oh, game. Oh, you could so. definitely get Wizards tickets. Yeah, so, you know, it's uh, we got a plan, and it's going to be great. Um, so, yeah, uh, 2024 is the year of the movie, because mm-hmm. yep. we got, you know, we got to make it, release it, promote it. Yeah. It'll take some time. Yeah. Also, if you have five million dollars that you want to donate and you want to produce a movie, yeah, uh, holler at your boys. Yeah, w- you'll get full producer credit, no creative input, 
but no. uh, like complete producer credit. It'll be great for your IMDb. And, and a one-line walk on Cameo. And here's the thing. You get to pick the line. Yeah, whatever you want. Yeah, we don't care. We'll work around it. We're improvisers. Even if it's, <laughs> even if it's Nick Cage's and your father, I am. We'll let you do it. Yeah. We'll, we'll make it work somehow. I mean, then we'll have to get Grillo back to also play this guy and film another right. flashback. <laughs> and but... then have another really graphic scene <laughs> seducing our mothers. <laughs> but we'll do it if that's what it takes to get your five million. Yeah, and also, to be clear, we're saying guy, if you're a lady with five million dollars and you want to say that you're our father, also sure. fine. If you want to get seduced by Frank Grillo, we can probably make that happen. <laughs> I'm not going to make any promises. Yeah, I don't want to speak for Frank, but... <laughs> you know, but but we'll talk. I mean, he seems like an amenable guy. Yeah, we, we both have come out as pro-Frank Grillo yes, fans. Yes, this is... One of the big reveals in this episode is that we are, we are, we are Grillo pads. <laughs> we are full-on Grillo pads, so... Uh, I look, we've, we've, I wouldn't say we've gotten off topic because I think we've gotten onto a great adjacent topic, but we are running out of time. And I have to say, yeah, Eddie Steeple said, I'm eating some canned chili, Sarge. And that was a, its own silver lining for me. Yes. <laughs> he was great in this movie. His, he was excellent. He's, he was, I, there could have been even more of him. His part was underwritten, bordering on cartoonish, but somehow... His inherent charisma made something and out of and likability made a part that should not have worked worked because this is, the entire joke is that he's the translator and he doesn't know what anyone's saying. Right. And but, it's, it's a, it works. But it, yeah, he did crack me up throughout the movie. Yeah. So. You know, this movie is streaming. You can check it out. It's got some interesting I, to cage. I also look, I don't normally do this when we spend a whole, you know, we picked a topic and we, we talked about it. But look, you could watch this movie on Netflix if you wanted to. Well, you know what you could also do? You can watch the film Prey on Hulu. <laughs> and I would recommend that. Yeah, personally. given the choice. <laughs> if you want to watch a film about a predator coming to Earth and hunting someone, watch Prey because it's awesome. Or just watch Predator and then Mortal Kombat, the 1992 yeah. one. Here's what you do. You do a triple feature. You watch the original Predator. Then you watch, I guess, the original Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And then you watch Prey. I'm going to do you one better. Uh, have three TVs going. <laughs> yeah. And just whenever, you know, something. And uh, Wally's Wonderland. To yeah. get the Nick Cage, because you need the Nick Cage. Yeah. So you have Predator followed by Prey, or Predator and Prey split screen on one monitor. Mortal Kombat on another monitor, and then Wally's Wonderland, or Willy's Wonder, Wally's Wonderland, whatever it was. Willy's Wonderland. I think it was I think. Willy's, yeah, Willy's Wonderland. On the third monitor. So you get, you get the alien invasion, you get the, the martial arts, and you get the Nick Cage, and then you got this movie, and you, and probably a, a, a seizure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I wouldn't. Yeah. Like I do consult your physician before watching all these movies at the same yeah, time. We, we absolve ourselves from any liability for anyone that actually attempts to do that, that task. Yeah. Uh, look, also, just before we wrap, uh, Nick Cage is wearing a Rambo like red bandana know, bandana around his head. And I don't I would be remiss if that didn't get mentioned. And like a bathrobe and a <laughs> bathrobe. Yeah, I. I'm pretty sure he just 
like I don't know if there was a prop closet or like he just went by like a high school that had some clothes or something. But he, it seems doing South Pacific and he just <laughs> it very much felt like he maybe that was what was in his trunk of his car that was, you know, that he drove off into the sunset. Maybe and, that's like, what he rolled up in. It might be what he wears, but yeah, whatever it is, like we're going to find out when we make our movie. That's all I know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, Nick, you can. And I hope I can. Or Mr. Cage, I don't want to be presumptuous, but uh, you can wear whatever you want. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. You pick your own wardrobe. You can pick your own dialogue. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> we can just do short form improv games, Look, whatever you want. I don't. <laughs> Andy, I think this has become clear now. We just want to hang out with Nick Cage. Like, yeah, no, that's 100% what this is. Yeah, we'll pay you $5 million to hang out with us. Yeah. Provided we get enough donors to our Kickstarter. If someone gives us $5 million, we'll give that to Nick Cage. Yeah, we don't have $5 million yet. That's that's the one sticking point, as far as I can tell. But, and I, Nick Cage, if you're listening, and we know that you are, I I would think that like two cool guys who... Would Love be willing to give you $5 million if they had it. Isn't that what really matters? The real son bitch is the one we motorboated all along. <laughs> Silver Linings Playback is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. Hey guys, it's Sean. And Carter. From potato salad marmalade, aid, 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 potato salad marmalade. Another podcast here on the Peak Sloth Network. Check it out.